we are recording a podcast right now from the line driving back to... The Tijuana-San Diego border. Yeah. Um, coming back from Tijuana, where we spent... Four days? Three, four days. Yeah. It's the fourth day. Um, I just pissed about uh, 24 ounces of piss into a coffee cup because we realized we're going to be doing this crossing for the next couple hours probably. Yeah. I have never <laughs> done this before, so it's interesting. I mean, I know I knew we're probably going to be stuck in the car for a while while we go back to the U.S. side of the border. Yeah, I guess um, on our way down we saw this big line of cars and I thought it was like a Christmas like because we came down on the 26th, so I figured it was a Christmas traffic jam, people going back north. But this is probably pretty normal, I think. Yeah, it's probably a daily thing. Probably, maybe even, maybe like Sundays, because probably people come down to party or hang out for the weekend, and then like Sunday, lots of people are rushing back to the stateside. But I think there's a decent amount of people that like cross every day from both sides. I would guess they have the border pass though. Some Many, yeah, but maybe, maybe not, not everyone, all. Because, yeah. you know, most people don't have a fast pass for the freeway, I would say. Yeah. So yeah, here we are. We're in the gamut of goods and services too. Yeah, uh, what, what did we say before? It's like the impulse buy section of the grocery store. Yeah, it's an interesting economy we're being exposed to. Uh, this person right now is trying to no no, no fruit you. no thank you trying to sell fruta uh, yugos is that right fruit juice fruta yugos I right. don't know <laughs> so that's been uh yeah this has been an interesting trip realizing how I mean I have zero functional Spanish language skills you have I have a little bit minimal. I definitely need to like work on my numbers I feel like after this trip uh, I think the last time we were in Mexico I, I had like a little better command of numbers I think because we were practicing working up to you were when we went to you weren't I thought I was, we were both doing Duolingo I might have been looking at my Duolingo but I remember just being totally lost oh when, okay and, and you were really taking the lead but yeah I was definitely practicing leading up to our trip to the Yucatan or this time I didn't really do that at all, just kind of went cold turkey. It's good to be in a place where we're not comfortable with the language. I think it's a good reminder. Yeah, for sure. I think it's, it's good practice and yeah. A reminder of like, I don't know, it's, I, I, it's just like American, I don't know if it's exceptionalism or centrism or something is so strong, like feeling like oh, everyone speaks English everywhere we go in the world. Maybe because I've been visited Europe more than anywhere else. where And that's the case in Europe more? Except for, yeah. Except for France, where, like, a lot of people do speak People do English, speak English, they just refuse to. <laughs> which, like, I kind of appreciate. That's it's fine, like, yeah. They're I mean, like, fuck I think you, if you're like, in another culture, another country, you should be prepared to, like, speak that language. Yeah. Or have at least some way of navigating they just went by with a puppy and i just can't look at the puppies because i want one the impu Why? impulse puppy cute? but it's yeah. i know and it's so wrong because it's like then they become a dog and i we can't we can't have a dog yeah i wonder how that works because i don't think you can just 
bring a puppy across? Bring a puppy, yeah. Good question. I think you have to have paperwork and, like, the shots and all that stuff. Maybe they have that. Maybe they have that. I don't know. Um, no gracias. But, yeah. How did you, like, because uh, you've kind of been to Tijuana, Tijuana before, uh, right? Oh, so, yeah. My last experience in Tijuana was, like, a group of people we came down here for like a noise show that a few friends were playing at and we actually found the venue just wandering around central yeah we randomly went by we were walk walking around uh centro which is like downtown i guess yeah um and stumbled by the venue i was pretty drunk we were definitely doing tequila shots a lot of tequila shots at that venue so mm -hmm. i got pretty drunk that night things got sloppy i know we all like got into a taxi cab at some point and went to the place we were staying and then the friend who had played the noise show like pissed on the person's floor uh, <laughs> it was just messy. like a, it was a messy <laughs> night um but we didn't spend that much time i think we got like lunch that we all walked to like a lunch or brunch spot the next day and got some good food and i don't know i was really just be like a baby because like my friend's boyfriend at the time knew Mexico a little better and was kind of navigating, driving, translating, yelping, like finding good places to eat and just kind of doing everything for us. He was really playing daddy. Um, so just to give you a context of what's going on here, we're inching along every couple minutes. Someone's coming next to our window and offering various services and wares so if we seem a little distracted it's because there's kind of a lot going on actually there's a lot to see apologies for all the probably Weird loud noises. noises yeah as well but, but we figured while we're sitting here in traffic for a few hours maybe uh just uh give you might a, as well do something do with something yes yeah. so we're gonna do with this podcast it's probably not gonna be as bad as the time we recorded in, in our in a, outdoor in hot hippie tub. hot tub. <laughs> yeah um so yeah, the last time I was in Tijuana, I didn't really have to think about it or navigate or anything. I think we would like tell John our orders for food and he would just translate it for us. So Yeah, did he speak Spanish he speaks, fairly well? He speaks it fluently. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he's like a very seasoned traveler. He's been everywhere and is very good at like navigating all different travel experiences. I felt like that was a real, it was a really nice trip in that way because I really got to be baby. <laughs> I love being baby. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then we went down to Las Salinas, which is just north of Ensenada, and we stayed in like a big, really big house, like a seven-bedroom mansion. Oh, wow. On a private beach. It was, I don't know, it was probably like, I feel like they only asked, you know, there was like a bunch of people all from LA who, who met up there and paid like 20 bucks to stay in this huge mansion or whatever. Nice. Yeah, it was super nice, and it was... um. And, uh, what is that called? The bioluminescent. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah, the ocean, the waves were bioluminescent then. Um, that was in like May. Yeah. Maybe that's the time to come down here for that. But, um, yeah, this was different because we were kind of, you know, I don't have service when I'm down here. If I did, I was probably getting, I did use some service. I probably got some insane roaming charges I'm going to have to deal with when I get back. But so for me, it's not like I can just look up words or look up places. You have service. Or yeah, I mean, or data I, I don't know. You're said LTE. I don't know that you're 
when I looked I it up, like it no, should but say roaming. It is roaming. though. You turn roaming on and off. Oh. I, it has said. I don't know. I think. It, I think it was on roaming. I just didn't want to like find out. I would spend spent like two hundred bucks. Yeah. Texting people while I was down here. Um. But yeah, that kind of thing. I mean, it's always good. Like anytime you're not you're not reliant on a cell phone to like have to navigate the world and realize how reliant on it I am. You know. Yeah. That's. I feel like that's just part of life mm -hmm. these days because mm -hmm. I mean there's you know uh, access to the internet the number one device is a cell phone throughout the world like there's mm -hmm. you know people all over that have you know kind of uh, what's the right word uh, like living conditions that we would find abhor abhorrent but people have cell phones right um, right it's really a ubiquitous technology yeah it's wow those jewels are pretty this person has some like rosaries i think but they're very like elaborate and glittery very pretty um, uh yeah we stayed we stayed in we found this airbnb that was like kind of right on the, right on the beach, beach in tijuana um which now, I don't know. I mean, it sounded good before, but it's like we spent much of our time like in Central, I feel like, too, yeah. right? No, but I like that we stayed on the beach. I yeah. mean, my, my thought about it was like, we can't really afford a Malibu Airbnb. So yeah. it, it's like <laughs> with this, with the fact that we could afford like a, a beach Front. stay was nice. That yeah. was kind of what I was thinking. Um, but... Yeah, it was like a little touristy area the first night we were there it seemed like I thought on the 26th the like holiday crowd was still down there people and their families there was a bunch of bonfires some people shooting off bottle rockets it seemed really lively that first night and it was like a Monday night mm -hmm. right like a long weekend crowd um, found some good coffee in the neighborhood yeah yeah it's gonna be loud. No, it's not. <laughs> I have the earphone in. Um, Jerry, you had some fun adventures trying different coffee places. Yes. <laughs> so interesting that uh, many of the places that sold cold brew do not have it now. So it seems like, it's like cold, cold brew, brew is more like sil yeah seasonal, and they're like, no, it's winter. We don't do cold brew. Yeah, it was interesting. But definitely, it's definitely ubiquitous in LA. It's everywhere. You get cold brew. All the time. Some people need that strong shit. That's what I need. <laughs> I get, yeah, I, I definitely need the strong coffee. Um, we tried some good birria, which I'm always looking for goat birria, which is how, I think what birria is like default supposed to be made with goat meat, but it's somewhat more difficult to find in Los Angeles. There was like a birria craze a few years ago, but it seems like because in America people are more like comfortable with beef they tend to make it with beef in America so it was nice that okay hold on we're going through kind of a slow down a lot of people a lot of people a little movement um so yeah I had some good birria yesterday good birria this morning this for morning breakfast. yeah uh this morning we drove down to Rosarito Rosarito um definitely the the better of the birria that we've had. 
was like sweet and spicy. And we'd come down to get this pulque. Specifically for pulque. Tempa's um, main goal this <laughs> was to get some pulque, which you, go, you want to explain what that is? Yeah, so pulque, I might be getting this wrong, but uh, pulque is like uh, like an indigenous drink that was like pre-fucking Colombian, um, which is comes from like a relative of the agave plant. It's not the same. It's not the blue blue Weber, I think, is what's used in tequila. Um, but they uh, ferment just the, like, nectar from um, a plant that's, like, in the agave family. Uh, it's kind of like this milky, white, soury, sweet, semi-yogurt-y, semi-carbonated kind mm -hmm. of beverage. Um, it's generally, like, low on the ABV scale, but uh, a bar I staged at um, when I was trying to get back into work after the after stuff was opening from the pandemic had a drink that used it and that was the first and only time until now that I'd had it and I was looking for it all over LA and I can't find it um, couldn't find it somewhere may have it but um, yeah when we were like okay we're gonna go to Tijuana um, that was something specifically I was like oh I gotta see if I can find bulque um, and we found, just through like Google Maps, I think, found this little spot and that had really good reviews. Um, so I bought like a whole gallon of it. <laughs> the guy, the guy kind of couldn't believe it. He was like offering the liter or the, is it a liter? Or? I don't know how much that was. It was like, yeah, maybe a, a liter bottle. I was like, or no, I want the whole thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Cause it's, yeah, it's very much up my alley with brewing is like, I'm really into like old brewing, indigenous brewing, um, yeah, not necessarily just what's happening in like the beer scene these days. We went to a couple breweries too. I think before we left, was, I was kind of googling and um, there was articles about like, oh yeah, Tijuana has like a, a good craft beer scene going, but my taste in beer is so far off of like what's happening in mainstream brewing. Um, it's a that, lot of IPAs. Yeah, it's like just really generic shit, which is not my scene really. Like we did go to one that was like really interesting. Uh, started by a, a Mexican guy and a Finnish Danish, Danish. Danish lady. Um, so it was kind of a combination of like um, they called it they called it Scandinavian precision and Mexican passion. Yeah, is <laughs> how <laughs> so they described their brewing but style. They had I had a a coffee porter which was really good, really and yummy. you had tapeche. Right? Yeah, I love tapeche or tapache. Tapache. It's become more common, it seems like, as a little like you know fancy drink you can get at like Erewhon and Whole Foods. Yeah, it's like a health food because it's a live food. It's probiotic or prebiotic, I think. But the ones you can get at like health food stores in LA, they're not like alcoholic though, right? No. So this was an alcoholic tapache, uh, piña, pineapple version, I think is the classic traditional version you can make it with other fruits too mm -hmm. but it's basically pineapple brown sugar and that's uh, the, and then it just ferments i think that was a specific kind that uses brown sugar but pa papa yeah. or something pa papa papa leo papa leo i don't know 
Now Genevieve wants me to brew. Yeah, Tama's gonna batch. make me some capache because <laughs> I do love it. It's really good. I usually do get the non-alcoholic soda kind at the store, but this was a nice like five percent. It gave me a little buzz. Well, some some. I'm a lightweight. I, don't, <laughs> I, I can't drink that much anymore. I get pretty bad headaches, but I like uh, anything that's probiotic, prebiotic, wild fermented, right, and less sugar in it. Is that what you would say? Gives me less like headache. Anything without sulfites and. Yeah. Probably, more, probably just not non-commercial brewing stuff. Yeah, yeah. Is. I can drink like Temba's beers, Temba's wines, more of like the natural wines. Those tend to be like less rough on my... I don't know why I get headaches so bad now, but it's. I think it's sulfites mostly, right? I, I can say. I don't know what <laughs> it is. Body. As I get older, I, this, I mean, I guess it's kind of common. More, I'm more sensitive to certain kinds of alcohol. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was really nice and refreshing and bright, and yours was good, the porter. Mm-hmm, I enjoyed that. Um, so you got your pulque. I got my pulque. You got a gallon. I don't know if you you said yeah. you wanted the whole thing, which is a gallon. I got a gallon. Which is so. a, which was like you, you said is we were living like, it's like you could get like, you know, a nice tequila or, or something. Or a nice mezcal, but like most mezcals, most tequilas you can still get in the States, but you can't, I, at least I haven't found a source for pulque. Um, and I'm just really excited about it since it's, yeah, it's really in alignment with the kind of beer I make and the fermentation that I'm most interested in. Yeah, so success on that front. Yes! <laughs> can't wait to get home and have some more. Yeah, it's really good. And uh, the person who stand it, I think he was the owner, yeah? Yeah. Um, gave us like a nice little taste test. We tried um, guava, coconut, mango, miel, honey. Agua de miel. Uh-huh, yeah. a honey one. And then the one that you wanted, which is the natural, just straight yeah. agave. Really good. No, no fruit juice mixed in there. Just give me the real, real. Because <laughs> we were gonna go look at this other one after we got birria. There was one nearby, a, a pulqueria, mm-hmm. um, nearby. But it sounded like from the reviews, it was all fruit juice mixed. You couldn't get the the pure stuff. The pure stuff. Um. So yeah, that was some fun adventures in food. There would be these kind of like covered alleyways that ran behind some of the front-facing stores that had like a whole other like markets behind them and like kind of mini malls that were really fun to kind of uh explore and see what was going on it reminds me a lot of like santi alley in la and Mm -hmm. i assume that that's kind of what yeah obviously that's where the santi cultural through line is or whatever is from maybe that just being more common down here yeah like the the little, the little uh, kiosks, I guess, or whatever you call them, the little storeway, storefronts. Um, we got you a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I accidentally took too much cash out at the ATM, <laughs> so I was like, kind of had some pesos to burn. I still do, and I don't know what I'm gonna do with them, because there was a weird ATM that made me take out more money than I really wanted to. It was a tricky ATM. Do you think it was a trick? I don't know. I feel like when I did it, it went well. It but totally yeah, <laughs> when you were doing it, like the accept the Both amount times. was opposite. Yeah, accept the, the, the buttons were decline up. button were opposite for some reason. Yeah, it was frustrating. Um, 
So yeah, we wandered around. I had the best donut. I will say I feel like it was the best donut of my life. Really? From this uh, stand somewhere on the street downtown. Yeah, you got one the first day, and then I was craving it, and we went back the next day and got two more. Yeah. It was really good. It was just cinnamon sugar donut, but it was just very, like, I don't know, it hit the spot for me. Like, perfect dough. I don't know if it's the best donut of my life. <laughs> it was good, but... I really like the oil taste. Yeah. It reminds me of fry bread, uh, which I grew up eating. Uh, and, like, specifically this fry bread that we would get in um, in Winnipeg at this, at the Folk Festival, which was, they were called Whale Tails. It was fry bread with cinnamon, sugar, and butter on them. Mm-hmm. So I think it reminded me of that. That's why I liked it so much. The butter would have been great, but I guess the oil was kind of like the butter. We went to the cultural center. Oh, yeah, that was yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like a museum. Kind of like it was a museum. A museum. <laughs> cultural, cultural center museum. Yeah. It was cool how it started. It started with like a bunch of um, like stuff about the indigenous peoples of Baja, but then it very quickly became about Spanish colonialism. Yeah, I was glazing over that stuff I don't, I don't which is you know it's part of the history here for sure i just wish it there had been maybe some more it wasn't it. really like a realistic depiction of the history is like kind of like oh yeah, yeah there like, was a little battle with the natives here but the the yeah. spanish 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 were like no how about we talk about like all the evil and decimation right. that happened right <laughs> right so yeah a lot a lot of that was glossed over um as is the case in most, uh, you know, most museums, I feel like. Yeah, and history over. books. And history books, yeah. Maybe that's changing to some degree, I don't know, but yeah, seems fairly common. There's a cool, um, the first exhibit we went to when we went in there was kind of like a thing about like quinceañeras. Oh yeah, that was great. Um, it was like seemed like it was mostly, I don't know who the photographer was, but this photographer was, was taking a lot of pictures at quinceañeras from, like, Los Angeles and San, San Diego. Diego. Um, unfortunately, that one didn't have any translation, translation into English. So. so we didn't totally get the context, but it was really cool. Yeah. It was all from, like, the late 80s, 90s. Yeah. 80s, 90s quinceañera photos. Um yeah, I really liked that one a lot. I wish I knew more about it. Maybe if we looked online, we could find a translated version. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was nice. And we just kind of relaxed at our beach house, tried to soak in the beach house vibe, the waves. <laughs> um, living that living that king life that we can't afford. Sort of. A hundred miles north or wherever. How far north is LA? Uh, maybe... 200 miles, it, no, 150 miles, something like that. Look at this, this is going so much faster now that we're doing something, isn't it? Yeah. I'm glad we're doing this. This is a. I think I realized, I didn't realize till we got right up on the border that when we came back from Tijuana the last time that I came here, we went the Mexicali route, which I think is faster. We did get stopped at the border, but they didn't search us or anything. They just kind of like questioned us a little. And then we went the Mexicali route, which brings you like up above the Sultan Sea, and then you drop back down, I think, through uh, Joshua Tree. 20, what, what's the like the date palm? The 
I don't know what that's called, but mm, it's farther south than Joshua oh. Tree. Because it's down by Sultan Sea. I think it's like, yeah, I guess you just, you're either going to wait in traffic or you're going to drive back like a little longer miles. But maybe that, now we know that that's probably the better way to go back than going across the border. This way. Um, I don't know. Were there any other things that you're excited about? I got some charms and some beads. Oh yeah, the bead stores. <laughs> Temba's, Temba's mission was the polka and mine was, I guess, I wanted some like glass beads, basically. And I got some. Somewhere. That's it. <laughs> for less than I would pay on eBay or people online really upcharge for like dead stock charms and beads, I noticed, because I've been looking for them online. And I got like a, a nice little selection for like five bucks or something total. So that was my big win. It was your haul. My five dollar haul. <laughs> no, but for real, they're really expensive online. Uh, you know, this was just like bins of like kind of old, older charms, dusty old charms that I'm going to use for leather work and nail art stuff. It's really incredible to think about like how much of that stuff gets made like oh, yeah. billions of pieces it's Milli definitely millions but yeah. maybe billions of pieces and like yeah i wonder where where do where do those start their life like a factory and mm. probably somewhere in asia i'm not sure about glass you know? i think flame working might be more uh, it might be an art form from this region like yeah. flame worked glass, glass beads. I'm just talking about like the tchotchke. Oh, the like charms, I don't know. Yeah. The charms are, pro yeah, are probably not, yeah, are probably from like East Asia. Yeah, man, I don't know. That stuff is weird. It's all, it's like incomprehensible kind of to me. Yeah. The amount of things produced in this world. It's kind of, I wonder, is it also kind of like clothing? Like where if there's like dead stock or whatever they just like bundle it shred it up don't mm. don't some clothes they like cut it they don't even they recycle it they just cut them so they can't be used yeah or am i thinking of something else no that might be the case i guess i'm more familiar with the like bundling of used clothing you know the bales mm -hmm. of clothing that end up first at like a secondhand market I feel like I've, I've talked to you. I'm really only familiar with, like, Ghana's in Accra. It has, like, a really big secondhand clothing market. But even there, a lot of that stuff ends up polluting the waterways and the coastline. Mm. Um, so I'm not so sure. Hey, here's, there's that car with... And did they buy the blanket or is the blanket just staying on it? I don't know. Is that a different car? No, that's the same car. <laughs> Yeah, we weren't sure what was going on earlier because, like, the person was trying to sell some, I think, tequila or something to this person. He kind of put it up on top of his car and, like, wouldn't let... It was unclear what was happening, but it seemed like he wouldn't let him move because if he moved, it would break the tequila as he drove. Is that what we think was happening? Something like that. It's hard to say. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm not as familiar, like, with the shredded clothing thing, but more the second, like, the extreme 
waste of the garment industry in general. Other mission. What's that? Was to get some suspicious tooth images. Oh yeah. That was my second mission. So in Los Angeles, I have a little hobby. What I call the suspicious teeth of LA. Suspiciously happy teeth of LA is my little photo project, I guess. My iPhone photo project. <laughs> of taking pictures of smile, like depictions of teeth that are smiling or other, or have faces. Um, so I've gathered like a good amount of smiling teeth. It, does that make sense? Is that a good way to describe it? They're depictions yeah, of like teeth. Yeah, like these anthropomorphized teeth advertisements for dentists. For dentists, yeah. Usually dentist signs will have, often they have like a, it's more common in LA. I, I thought there would be more of them down here, but... Because there is like a really big um, medical tourism industry in Tijuana, cosmetic surgery, dentistry, probably other medical procedures, right? Or yeah, psychedelic therapy. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, there's like aboga clinics. There's oh. um, ayahuasca clinics. Oh. Yeah. Ketamine. Ketamine. I mean, we have ketamine. We do. In LA now, but. Um. So yeah, I kind of figured there'd be more suspiciously happy teeth signs down here. There was a lot. I, listen. This is like the most you've taken like in one, like a short period of time, at least that I've observed. Here's the thing about them. They weren't like suspicious enough. Like the ones from LA. By by suspicious, do you mean wonky? Wonky. (laughs) Like you don't really like the teeth themselves look a little... Sus. <laughs> I'm just gonna say sus. Like they look like they're not quite sure if they're happy or not, or they're being held at gunpoint. This is what I like about anthropomorphic smiling teeth is that often they're depicted as like smiling, but they have a little like, ooh, like you're not quite sure. What kind of what kind of drops are these? Eye drops? I don't know. Acid? <laughs> vape? Might be vape juice. Yeah. Yeah. No. A little, a little acid. Somehow I doubt they're selling <laughs> acid right before you go over the border. <laughs> I mean... Unless so it's a sting, but... <laughs> so I did get some teeth, but I don't know. That's the pig! There's your pig water tank. There's, we can see off in the distance here a water tank that's painted to look like a pig, and it has pig ears coming off of it. That yeah. was like... It was our landmark yesterday. Yeah, to find our way back to the car. Um, yeah... So yeah, I got some teeth. I'm here for the suspiciously happy teeth tourism. <laughs> actually, you could start uh, doing walking tours. Maybe I should. Uh, I'm not sure what the if there's a market for that, but I mean, I mean, I made my first suspicious teeth TikTok on a while back, and I really thought it would pique more people's interest, but (laughs) either the algorithm didn't serve it up to the right audience, or it's not as interesting as I think it is for me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to do a part two with the... Might as well. With the photos I got today, I'm going to do Tijuana edition, Suspiciously Happy Teeth of Tijuana. 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 Why do we say Tijuana? Why do do English speakers say Tijuana? It's not right. I don't know. It's just bad. 
it's just like bad pronunciation. It's probably just, yeah, one of those things that you hear, and it's, I think it's easier to maybe like an English-speaking tongue to say than Tijuana. So I got my teeth. I also got some good pictures of murals, which I'm excited about. Yeah, there's a lot of good street art. A lot of good street art and a lot of good, I just like hand-painted signs. That's also something I, I really love in LA is like weird hand-painted murals, signs, advertisements. There's a lot of mm. that stuff. But yeah, there just wasn't as much of it here as I thought. Especially a lot of the teeth signs were just very like slick and professional looking. And I, I don't know if that's because they're trying to appeal to medical tourism to like look really like polished in a sense you know probably yeah there were a lot of signs that looked like they could be like uh, attorneys yeah. yeah yeah all the two a lot of the dentist signs were just a lot more like slick and like austere and sophisticated than i was hoping yeah <laughs> i wanted more like i don't know i, I guess teeth. i'm probably not going to a dentist that has like a cartoon tooth i mean that's depending the, that's the whole premise of the suspiciously happy teeth is I'm like the happier the tooth looks the less I really trust it <laughs> I feel like it's being held at gunpoint by the dentist but it's like why would the tooth be happy it's being drilled into it's being extracted it's being you know any number of things it's just, it's just suspicious to me it's well, like it's that, a, that tooth is not happy to be worked on so many people are scared of the dentist and hate the dentist so it's trying so to it's like, like hey this you're is gonna be fine. it's gonna be okay whatever you have going on we got you you're gonna be good you can't trick me you can't trick me no reverse psychology sus, sus for you tooth. yeah <laughs> i don't like it i don't like it all right we are now up on top of the turn up on top of the we've almost loop -de -loop. we've almost made it 360 from <laughs> where we first got stuck in traffic Whew. We're doing this i see the friendship arch from here yeah there's like a big arch downtown um, oh yeah one of my one of my goals was like to check out the red light district because mm -hmm. yeah very curious to see but honestly it wasn't like like it could have been I guess LA doesn't really have like a North Beach. Like in San Francisco, North Beach is kind of where all the strip clubs are. Oh. It was basically like a North Beach. Like yes, there was people that were working on the street, which I don't think is as common to see in North Beach. But um, yeah, it was, it's interesting also like reading the way people talk yeah. or Americans specifically talk about it online. They're Oh, it's so dangerous. Uh, well, they call it, they call it the most dangerous street in the world, or in Mexico, or something. And it's very, it gives very like the way people who don't live in LA talk about Skid Row, you know, very yeah. like um, xenophobic. Um, I think anti-sex work. Anti-sex work, definitely. I mean, we walked down it, and there were street workers. Um, I didn't feel in danger. <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, like I, uh, you know, like I said, maybe nighttime it feels more dangerous. But I also think it, I think those kind of like tourist depictions of other places are so heavily influenced by xenophobia, horophobia in yeah. this case, and you know, lack of familiarity. Like I, I do understand when you're in a new place. And you're uncertain and like in, in my case I don't speak the language so I don't always know I get like confused what's going on I can understand that confusion leading to anxiety leading to fear yeah but um, I think yeah that xenophobia like a lot of 
a lot of white men are, I would say, are probably very comfortable being in a position where everything is familiar and they feel like they're in charge. Yeah. And, yeah, um, to kind of, yeah, come somewhere where they don't speak the language, don't, yeah, don't necessarily, aren't the majority, like, mm. that's threatening to... White supremacy. Their, yeah, yeah <laughs> feeling of superiority. Um, even though, like, I don't know, yeah, I, I was reading a couple... Uh, like people's like blog posts kind of about coming to Tijuana and yeah just the way they talk about the people here and stuff like that it's very much yeah they're coming here to be like a rich king and like Mm -hmm. do what they want and Mm -hmm. all this shit and Mm -hmm. like yeah that they're better and can own these people for a moment and stuff so yeah I don't know we also looked up a lot of gross discourse oh definitely we also looked up uh sex work decriminalization because we were curious then after we left the red light district like is it decriminalized here because it's clearly out in the open but yeah. are, are those workers in danger of being out in the open I mean from the state I guess mm-hmm. and you looked up that it's by by oh, city each city creates each, its own laws. yeah each state it's uh, oh, state. self-regulated by state and Tijuana is one of the states where uh, I can't remember what it was called it's like it's, they turn a blind eye to it or something? No, it's like, it's, it, it, it is regulated in the stance that to oh. be a legal sex worker, you do have to register with the state and you do have to do like mandatory health checks. Right, that's right. Um, so you have a license. Basically. Yeah, basically. Um, and it's totally decriminalized in Mexico City, we read. Yes, I believe so. I wonder if that also means you need a license, like any I'm not sure, business, yeah. Um, yeah, so most dangerous street in Mexico? I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, it probably really <laughs> depends how you're acting. Like, Well, that's the other thing. It's is like, like a you gotta lot be of, fucking street smart. Like, you can't... I mean, that's like a... That's, don't come to another country, get fucking drunk, and, like, walk around like you're an American that right. fucking owns everything or everyone needs to get out of your way. Like... Right. Like, no, you be respectful to the people in the culture that you are immersing yourself in. Like, don't act like an asshole, and you're probably not going to have problems. Yeah, it does ring very, like, similar to me to the, the way people regard Skid Row. Just, like, a fear of poverty some, yeah. in some ways, too. Because you definitely notice the infrastructure is different here. Yeah. Fear poverty, racism too, because yeah. you know people in Skid Row are over, overwhelmingly like black, black and Latino. Yeah. And yeah. S- same thing here, overwhelmingly Latino people. Yeah. And I guess there's colorism here too, like yeah, for sure. Latino culture. Yeah, so always good to get out of our little bubble. Very important to get out of your yeah the bubble that you grew up in or currently live in and see some other shit it's mm-hmm. good a good reminder yeah to see also i feel like there there's a very big kind of like wealth disparity that's very like in your face here similar to la similar to too. la but yeah. i think the money the money is different here yeah right like relative the relativity of poverty is maybe yeah i'm not sure i'm I'm just assuming i don't actually know i feel like it's also very localized in la too is like you don't see people really living in shanty shacks unless you go to 
maybe skid row or happen to go past an overpass, overpass yeah. but um, you can drive here and see whole neighborhoods. whole neighborhoods of, yeah. And you said that reminded you of some parts of your childhood in Trinidad? Yeah, Trinidad was kind of like that where there would be, I don't know what the right word is, like a favela, shanty town, whatever mm -hmm. word you want to use. Mm -hmm. um, like when I lived in Trinidad, I was living in my grandparents' house, which is, I would, it's hard to say too, because I was also a child. I guesstimate that it was kind of like a middle class kind of neighborhood. Like they had a, a good size house with a really big like backyard. We didn't have hot water. Right, but it's I think interesting. That, yeah. I think that was more a function of maybe my grandfather just being cheap and not wanting to fix the <laughs> hot water here. Sure, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, for sure, compared to some of that, some of the houses I saw, they are places people live, it lived. That was, like, a pretty nice spot. It was, like, a one, two, three bedroom house, I think. Mm -hmm. I don't fully remember. Um, but for sure the yard was huge. Like they had a lot of fruit trees and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And, um, yeah, but, um, yeah, kind of seeing these like, yeah, a lot of houses with like bars on the windows and stuff like that. That was something that was really common in Trinidad. And yeah. I definitely love to go back there and kind of experience it as an adult and mm -hmm. flights are cheap without all the other shit that was going on in my life at that time sure. <laughs> yeah 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 it would be interesting to see I would love to go Something. you can't come with us now <laughs> oh you considering that's okay that's okay if you want to go by yourself I'm just too. kidding I was making like a you can't say what us joke. oh well that's just rude uh. Look at us, we're on top of the squirrel now. I have to pee so bad. Do you want to pee in my cup? Mm, I think I'm going to try to hold it till we... Yeah? It's not so bad peeing in the get cup. Get through. You just stop start. I stopped started four times. I only filled up like half a cup the first time. And then I was like, okay, got the hang of this now. Yeah. I filled up three more cups after that. Or two and a half. Not to brag. <laughs> Two and a half. On your bladder control? About 24 ounces, yeah. Pure bladder control, baby. Not everyone can stop stare like that. <laughs> That's the, them Kegels. Gotta work them Kegels. That's them Kegels. I didn't realize Tijuana was so hilly like this, actually. Last time I was here, it just, I kind of, we were kind of just in Centro. We stayed at somebody's house near there. Yeah, a lot of hills. I didn't know it was so hilly. What is that white and red building over there. Do you see it? I think it's some kind of radio tower. Oh, it's not a building. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, the, looking at the topography, at least from where we are in the freeway right now, really reminds me of San Francisco. Yeah, it is a little. Like a lot of kind of like rolling hills. It is way hillier than I thought. Yeah, and I'm not sure what I expected. I guess maybe is San Diego kind of like that too? There's I don't know like San Diego. Kind of, yeah, I guess hills? I haven't really spent that much time there either. Maybe someday we'll get to San Diego in two hours. <laughs> <laughs> how, uh, how close uh, are we? I don't know. Let's see. My phone isn't really, like, I don't have full service. I don't know how. It doesn't really say. I mean, we're 256 kilometers from the border. Echo Park. Oh. <laughs> 
really don't understand the metric system. I mean, I would, looking at the map, we're like, we're less than a mile from the border. You know, the other thing that I think is good to experience doing a trip like this, us together, is what it's like to, to live in a foreign country since we or you know, travel in a foreign country since it's something we want to do in the next year or two. Yeah. It's just remembering when you're a foreigner, like it, there's, it's just a lot, it's bumpy, you know what I mean? And that's a good, I think it's a really good thing to experience that bump when you're so comfy cozy where you're from, you know what I mean? It's good to be uncomfortable. Like, it's really good for Depending growth. on what that uncomfort yeah. is coming from, but yeah, it's yeah. good to challenge yourself for sure. Yeah, I kept thinking that, oh, this is like, I mean, I've, you know, visited, if we go to Germany or if we go to Sweden, I've visited them, I've been there. And both of them, most people speak English, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it's still, uh, I don't know, good to think about the things you don't know or the challenges you might come up against when you're in a new place where not every single person is going to speak English or want to speak English with you, you know? Yeah. Um, and you don't know the customs and the exchange rate and the, all <laughs> of the little things, you know, that are, can make travel kind of, yeah, bumpy, challenging, but in a good way. And... Luckily, we have cell phones, which make things so much easier. They do. At least, yeah, you can look shit up kind of in the moment. I or mean... <laughs> use Translate apps, yeah. which, yeah, could you imagine doing it without... Well, all, all of my early travel in Europe was yeah. without uh, any internet, so I would just get lost for hours. And I like doing that, honestly. That's fun, yeah. Honestly, and that's mostly what we do when we... Yeah, we travel. just kind of wander. Walk. <laughs> I just like to wander, and I guess this is just my travel style. This is why I asked you specifically yesterday, like, is it okay that we're doing this? Because this, I know that it's my style. I know it might not be everyone's style, but I just like to get lost and wander. And if you get really lost, you figure it out. I just, that's kind of what I enjoy, and I don't always like having, like, a super planned out itinerary well i don't like that at all <laughs> I, do, I mean i do actually i do it really it, depends on what you're doing it's like, like i really it can be very helpful in some instances when traveling with a big group like the last time i was in tijuana i loved that someone else had it all figured yeah, out yeah people are monsters on the roller coaster cats and, is awful yeah and i was glad <laughs> someone else wanted to take that upon themselves to figure that out for us and i didn't mind just doing whatever the group did but normally if i'm in charge that's not how i <laughs> play because it's just not the kind of person i am i just kind of i also one thing i really enjoy doing anytime i travel is not i don't know i guess just treating wherever i'm staying like i live there and just kind of wandering the neighborhood and finding the in a way like digging my heels in and like uh being like this is my coffee shop this is where I get this I don't know just kind of becoming a regular in a way mm. um I don't know why I like to do it like that maybe I'm just a creature of comfort you're a habit habitual I'm uh, yeah <laughs> I think so I like to have that comfort maybe it's the Taurus in me I like to have that comfort comfortable zone then I can go out and look at other stuff I mean better. it makes sense yeah kind of like anchor like around something anchor. yeah um, but also I'll end up like not really seeing that much of places I'm staying, even if I'm there for a while. I'll just be like, yeah, fine, whatever. I live in this like small neighborhood. Okay. I live in these three blocks now. <laughs> Literally, it doesn't bother me. I'm just like, whatever. 
I see what I see and like I don't I don't always think like you're I don't always think you need to travel that far to like learn really interesting new things in a new place yeah but it can be good to have both like I'm glad we went down to Rosarito today I'm so glad that we went down and got the pulque. I'm very happy about that. <laughs> yes, and we saw, the, and, and Rosarito is really cute. It's like more of a beachy town. Yeah. It feels like Tijuana definitely is catered to tourism, and Rosarito probably is too, but it felt a little more like local. It's more like a beach, yeah, yeah a beach a laid back thing. And, definitely yeah. different than the beach we were staying on. Ooh, the elote though. <laughs> Ooh, do we want an elote? I'm good. It doesn't mayonnaise on it usually. Yeah. But feel free to get one if you want. What about that guy who was like, if you don't buy your girl a gift, you don't even love her. No, he said, treat your lady right. <laughs> buy her something. I'm sorry that I don't treat you right by buying you things. I never knew until he pointed it out. I do buy you things, though. But I buy I buy you things that of which I intuit that you will like. Yes. And Not just tourist stuff. The things that he had, I did not... I mean, I might be wrong, but I didn't <laughs> think you were... Like, would be that wild about. Yeah. It's funny, too. Like, I really felt like, you know, we spent quite a bit of time in Centro, which is like the Times Square of Tijuana and I'm like I would never spend that much time in like what's like the Times Square of LA Hollywood uh, Hollywood Boulevard I yeah guess. maybe yeah. yeah like we wouldn't really no thank you no thank you we wouldn't really spend that much time there no unless it was like yeah a specific event we're just tourists I guess tourists gonna tourists Tourists got a tour. Tourists got a tour. And once we get up around this bend, do you think we'll be able to see the border? Uh, I don't know. It looks like it still curves a oh. few times. We're going to do like a little baby ass. A baby ass a curve? Little, a lazy ass curve. Okay. Well, anything else? No. I think that's mostly it. I mean, we could just leave it running, and if we think about it, <laughs> then there's more editing you have to do, I guess. Yeah. We can end it there. Okay. Thanks for listening to us ramble as we sit on the... The border crossing. The border crossing in a massive line of cars. You've greatly helped us move through this trial of a traffic jam. <laughs> and for that, we thank you. Thank you. Gracias. Hope all is well with you, wherever you are. Yep, yeah, until next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Cosmic Halitosis. If you have questions or comments or want to yell something at us, email us at cosmic with a K, halitosis, cosmichalitosis at gmail.com. Please subscribe and like the podcast. And you can follow us on our personal Instagram accounts. I am Gorgeous Taps. And Temba is Tembizzle, T-E-M-B-I-Z-Z-L-E. Thanks for listening.